Hi everybody and a, a very warm welcome back to the official Korean FC podcast. Uh, I'm your host Damien Mullen and uh, joining me today on the on the first uh, podcast of the 2021-22 season I have uh, my old colleagues Johnny McNabb and Aaron O'Neill back from the summer break. So um, guys, in the, in the spirit of what it used to be when we used to go back to school and used to have to do an essay, what did you do in the summer? So, Johnny, how's your summer Hi, been? It's been, uh, it's been grand. Um, obviously, I uh, got, got a new position with, with the job that I'm in and taking up tennis and stuff. So, just trying to keep myself busy and not be anything too exciting. Obviously, the, the Irish League season started a wee bit later than, than it usually has. So, I've been watching a, a bit of the Premiership and a bit of the Scottish League as well, but I'm ready for the Irish League to, to come back and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and what about yourself, Arne? I think uh, you, you've been writing busy as well by all accounts. Yes, um, aye. Just a few things going on at the moment, so um, just trundling along nicely. Um, hoping to get the, a few games. I'll not make Friday night, unfortunately, but hopefully... Um, Depending on work commitments, I'll be there as much as I can this year. Yeah, so I mean, I just pardon. I that's basically how it has been for me. I think we've been lucky enough with the weather this year during the summer, so hopefully, we have rain can keep the sunshine on Friday night. Well, we, we're talking about it, and obviously, the Irish League starts in like the end of the summer, and, and the schools start back this week, and it's back to the back to the classroom for for Oren and the players and. Um, I think Arne, you'd intimated there that the league starts this Friday evening, um, Korean away to Larne. And what a game, really, to start the Danske Bank Premiership season. Um, I suppose, Arne, when you look at it, um, Korean away to Larne on the Friday evening uh, under lights, as it will be by the end of it, it really is a, a game to, to whet the appetite and to really get the new season up and running with a bang, isn't it? Definitely, and I think the fact that we have, you know, fans back at a game will be weird in many ways because last year we weren't really used to it at all. And I think Ember Park now is probably one of those grounds in the league that everybody will want to go to. That new stand at the Church End, you know, it's almost like the fans are right on top of the pitch. So it bodes well to be a fantastic atmosphere, and the games between the sides are always quite tight. So. You would expect to see him again on Friday night, but hopefully Corrine can get off the mark and register three points. Yeah, I'm just thinking there. I mean, you mentioned the games between them are always tight. They're always exciting affairs. And I suppose from memory, my memory not being great, but Corian have a decent record up there then for Park in recent times, haven't they, Aaron? Yeah, they have. You know, we've been fortunate enough to get them in any of the games. I think 2-1 is normally the... the scoreline between the teams but um, I think for in my opinion looking at it I think Lauren go into the game sort of the way Coleraine were last year after a fantastic European run you know and they have that even bigger target in their back on, on Friday night so it'll be interesting to see what happens I'm sure they'll be well up for it um, obviously there's been the signing of Ben Dockery and Colin McKendry coming to Coleraine so there'll be um, maybe a little, a little, a few niggles there in the pitch. Who knows? But I'm sure it'll be competitive, no doubt. Uh, Johnny, 
how do you see Lauren? I mean, obviously they've had a lot of column inches in recent times. They had a great run in Europe. They've, I suppose, signed quite well in the summer, a number of high profile new recruits. They're full time. They're on an ambitious club. How do you see how do you see this game on Friday and how do you see Lauren progressing this year, Johnny? Yeah, Lauren Trainer made a really good point. They also um last week when we were interviewing them that playing Lauren first game of seasons ideal in a sense that it lets Corey know where they're at in terms of obviously preparations and standards and never knows. And I suppose when you want to go into a big start your season, you want to go into a big game and, and take it from there. Uh, I think Lauren obviously a lot has been made about the European run. They've done fantastically well. They, they went through against Bala and, and beat the, the Danish team at our house. And then I think they, they obviously beat the Portuguese team at home. So they'll be going in there full of confidence. And I think they've signed pretty well as well. Uh, Kean Bolger is at the back corner. He's getting really good reviews as well. And Kofi Balmer. And obviously they've got Ben Dogley from us. And I think Navin Naziri is actually a very clever signing by them. Obviously he didn't get much game time at Liverpool, but he's got a point to prove there. I think he'll suit their style of play as well. So, yeah, look, Lauren have aspirations to win the league. And, you know, I know Kenny Bruce tweeted something about being in the top six or something, but I don't know if he's trying to kid. Um, they're, they have the money there to go to the league. They're full time. The infrastructure Lauren mentioned up there now in terms of the, the stand and everything that they have to offer. So, yeah, look, they'll, they'll be going for the league. Um, but, you know, Corey have a good record up there as we other two. So, hopefully, we can, we can go up there and, and, and get a positive result. And we, we mentioned Lauren, obviously, in the signings. Johnny, what about Coleraine? I mean, maybe a little bit less high profile this summer in, in, in terms of Europe, their own European run, their summer signings. Um, where do you think Oren Kearney's at with, with his team and squad at this moment in time? Um, we all know that Oren loves a small squad, and obviously, maximise their squad out last year just because, like, we know after January, it was basically Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So, it was always, I always had the impression that Oren's going to trim his squad, and then he definitely has done. Um, obviously, losing Ben was a blow, but I've watched Conor McHenry against us now a couple of times, and he's a player that really, really excites me. And he's differently Ben in terms of he's an old fashioned winger, where they take players on and get the balls into the box. and by all accounts of training, he's been he's been fantastic. So I think he's a clever signing. Um, also Rodney Brown, I think he's a fantastic defender. He's more than a really really good centre half. So and he's young as well. And Oren loves working with him. So again, I think he's a great signing. And Carter Freel up front knows where the net is. Um, I'm sure he won't mind me saying this, but probably, I know he's probably looking to up his fitness as well. So if you can get a Carter Freel in and, and scoring goals, well then obviously it's a good it's a good target they have and. I think probably, I think Orm would probably like a midfielder. I think fans would probably agree with me. I think another centre midfielder to, to help the likes of Stephen Lowry and Aaron Jarvis and even Tweet um, would be fantastic. Other than that, I think the, the squad's ready, ready to go. What's the likelihood of getting a midfielder in before the, the transfer window shuts, Johnny? Well, from chats with Orm, you don't get too much. He doesn't give too much away, and we all know that. And he's probably right to do so. Um, obviously, you hear different rumours and players and stuff like that there, but I think. I think, you know, a midfielder is probably all that he's looking at left. And if we can get one, we'd, we'd definitely be in a, in a good place. And, and Oren as well mentioned, I think I read in the Belfast Telegraph, that yes, he likes a small score, but you have players like George Carson, you can play left back, right back, centre mid, left wing, right wing, you know, black and can play two or three positions as well. So he's pretty well covered. Um, but obviously, I, I just think it's a midfielder that would take us to the next level. Mm, and Arn, I mean, I was talking to Oren at the, the launch of the of the league there uh, last week up in Antrim, which was was a great night. But 
Um, during the conversation, he, he mentioned, ironically for the signings that Johnny's talking about, it might be a homegrown player that has a, a bit of an impact this season. And I'm referring to a young guy, Patrick Kelly. PK, as he's known, he's, he's just finished his GCSEs there at school. Um, but from the way that Oren was talking, there's a possibility we may see a bit of him this season. I mean, do you know much about him and have you seen him? And would you think he would be a player that, that could come to prominence this season? Well, I think you just have to look at the fact he's been given, you know, a place in the first team squad this year. That tells you everything, in my opinion, Damien, the fact that Oren is going to show faith in him. And I'm sure at some point we'll see him, you know, um, <clears throat> as I said to you just before we came on air here, Johnny and I were down doing a few bits of last week at training and uh, he was running around there putting the ball through boys' legs left, right and centre. You know, he looks like a player. He's tall, you know, for, for his age, he's quite physical in size. He's, he's got the stature of an Irish league player. And um, from the small snippets we've seen, and I know it was in training, he um, definitely seems to have the ability. And Warren Kearney's not going to put you in there if he doesn't think you're ready, you know. And that's... That's the bottom line. He likes the idea of local lads playing for their local team, and you just have to look at the way it worked out for the likes of Brad Lyons, you know, Lyndon, Adam Mullen, even Jamie McGonigal, you know, players that Oren brought in at the right times, and they've all progressed in their career. So PK is an exciting one, and hopefully, you know, he can go on to make many appearances for the club. Yeah, I think you had the, the, the word there, exciting. I, I mean, the potential of the young fella, I suppose, is the thing that will excite fans when they get a chance to see him. And, and, and in that conversation, Warren was saying that he's a good player. He's just getting, I suppose, used to his physique because he's still obviously growing. He's only, he's only 16. But as you rightly say, Warren's not going to just give you a squad number just for the sake of it. He obviously uh, sees something in the young guy and... Um, it could be a bit of a secret weapon, maybe this season, so far as Korean, because we don't know much about him as supporters, and that means other clubs know very little about him as well. So, but um, for every signing arm that comes into a club in in a summer or close season, there's always departures too. And I suppose this summer, Korean have, have said goodbye to a few players too. And I mean, does that surprise you? Or I suppose it doesn't. That the squad is big and and. It's no surprise to see some players depart. Yeah, look, that's football at the end of the day. Um, you have to put your best foot forward at all times and Oren needs players around him that are committed to the club and committed to the direction that they want to move in. So it didn't come as a shock to me to see a couple of departures and who knows, there might even be a few more. But for them departures, you know, I think now more than ever, you're going to need quality across every position because of... The teams like Glentorn, Larn, Linfield, who are signing, you know, have big squads and, and quality squads at that. So, Bourne knows and everybody knows around the club that, you know, it, it's important to have players there that want to play for the shirt and play for the club. And I think, you know, we do have that. So, it'll be interesting to see how the season pans out. Mm, Johnny, same to you. I mean, there's been a number of, of, of players left and... You know, there are maybe question marks over one or two others. Um, do you foresee maybe the squad being trimmed even further by Orn in light of bringing somebody else in? It's, just, it's hard to know. It's probably, probably a better question for, for the man himself. Um, and just in terms of other departures, I think, you know, 
obviously nobody's seen them leaving, to be honest. I, I came as a surprise to me. Um, but obviously the club done well, they get a good financial deal out of it, plus a an equally good player um in return. Um obviously Doogie went to the went to the coaching staff, which is everyone knows Doogie. If there's a player they bring in the coaching staff, it's probably him. Him and Winky at half time would be would be a good listen. Um they should put a GoPro on them when they go into the change rooms at half time. Um a few bleepers in that. Um and obviously yeah, Stuart Nixon left as well. Um obviously probably just didn't get as much game time as he did whenever he arrived in January twenty twenty. Um and COVID hit as well. So yeah, look and it's a weird thing too because yes they leave the club but you also build up a, a friendship with the players as well and you deal with them the media side of things and both and Ben and, and Stuart were two good lads and obviously I wish them well and not not Ben so much on Friday night, but um, obviously I have no doubt that, 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 that they will go on and, and do well. Mm, hopefully just not too well on, on Friday night. And uh, we, We've had a wait. Aaron mentioned at the start there that the league season this year has started later than, than is normal. Um, but that said, the games come quite thick and fast because obviously Friday night is, is the main start. There's games for the rest of the clubs on Saturday. But then Corian are back in action again on Tuesday of next week, Johnny. So, I mean... It's like a feast or a famine almost. There's been no games for a certain degree of time and then they come along very, very quickly. And I suppose depending on what happens on Friday night, but a trip to Solitude on Tuesday on the back of a visit to Larne, a very difficult opening for Corian, but it's important to get off to a good start. Yeah, obviously it is. And, and, and we know Warren as well. And his, his eyes will only be on, on Friday night and, and taking care of that before moving on. Um, speaking of Cliftonville, I think Cliftonville will be the dark horse this year. I think they've signed extremely well. I like Jimmy McDonough. I think he's I think he fits in well to what they have. Him and, and obviously uh, uh, Rory Yale in there as well. And, and they've, I, I think they've signed pretty well. Maybe maybe a question mark over their keeper leaving as well. But um, no, I, I think they'll do well. Um, and yeah, look, our first five games are away from home as well uh, with the new pitch coming down as well. So I'm sure Warner will want to pick up as many points in the road before bringing things back to the showgrounds. Look, I'm not complaining about having three or good covering or going to watch three games in the week after um, Europe finished in the middle of July. So I'm sure I speak for every Korean fan that we're just delighted to, to get there and see your, see the stripes in action. Mm-hmm. And Darren, Johnny mentioned the fact that the first five league games for Korean are away from home, which I think speaking to Lyndon last week, he said that that's, that makes it difficult. But is there any benefit on the flip side of that, Arn, that come the latter part of the season that you may have a run of home games in a row which if Korean are competing to be successful might actually play in their favour? That would be the hope anyway you know the fact for me in the past I would definitely have said yes because the pitch you know we could play on it other teams came down and maybe couldn't I think the 4G makes it a level playing field now in, in many ways and Hopefully, it'll improve our game as well. But um, <clears throat> a packed showgrounds, you know, the fans in making plenty of noise is intimidating for any set of um, players across the league. So you would be hopeful that that is the case. But going away from home, I don't think, you know, it really bothers us all that much because at the end of the day, you go there and dig in, put the work in, and you get the job done, you'll come away with the three points. So ultimately, playing home or away, yeah. <coughs> Home advantage is always nice, but I don't think that's the way Oren and the players look at it. It's more a case of we can beat anybody that we play and 
we go there and put in a hundred percent effort. And at the end of the day, if if that's what's happening on the pitch, then you can't really fault them. If if they put in a hundred percent effort and maybe don't come away with the points, well, you can't really do much more. So um, I think that'd be all the fans would be looking for throughout the season is maximum effort all the time. When when and then hopefully you know it leads to a path of glory maybe. Mm, and I mean traditionally Korean are one of the best supported teams home and away particularly away they've got a real sizable following um and on that actually Larne given Korean 600 tickets for Friday night's game I think it's a tremendous uh, gesture and I think Larne Football Club are to be commended on that uh 600 away fans I mean that's unprecedented in, in recent memory as far as I can think you know given the COVID um and and stuff so I mean, it's almost like a throwback to the days pre pre COVID, almost now. And we have seen, I suppose, in England, you know, with, with the start of the leagues there a week or two ago, just the the effect that uh, the fans, the difference the fans can make. And, and Oren was talking to me last week about the he watched the Brentford Arsenal game, and he said he couldn't take his eyes off the television. And it wasn't particularly because of the quality of the, of the football on show. It was just the fact that the, the ground was packed and it was just the atmosphere that was brought by the fans. And I think that's something that we're all really looking forward to because we spent the last 12 months, season, whatever it was, without any fans. And we've talked about it before on the podcast. I mean, it, how difficult it was at times just to not so much enjoy the games, but they just weren't the same because they were missing something. So. Um, We'll wait and see, but we've actually talked to a few fans, um, Korean supporters. Johnny McNabb was out talking to a few. Um, so let's just listen to what they had to say on their thoughts about the season coming up and getting back towards their, their favourites. Let's hear from them now. Um, thoughts for the season ahead. I think it's it's going to be like any other season. Sorry, you're hoping for the best, but you kind of have to look around the league and see everyone else, everyone else is kind of strengthened and and we haven't, I suppose, to a certain degree. But again, it's like the past four or five years we've, we've kind of been punching above our weight, and the expectation is always there that we can we can go close. I think it's it's going to be the same this year. Um, Lauren has spent a lot of money. Glenn Torn has spent a lot of money. I don't think Lanfield will be as strong as they were, but I think it'll be realistically speaking, looking at the usual top six, hopefully cup run, um, and see where we go from there. Uh, transfers us. Season the the off season there, it's been minimal. Um, the players that have came in, um, will hopefully bring bring some to the table. I think Afraid can get going early, and the services there for me will get going early. Um, in regards to going out, I think Nixon. Um, going out, I don't get that at all. Genuinely, don't get it at all. Um, same way Alex gone, I would love to see Alex gone back this year. Um, I think that new pitch, there's pace to be had with those two on. That there was, they definitely would have caused the fences in the league, um, problems. But again, it boils back down to money again. You know, did we have the money to go out and compete with Larne, Glentor, Linfield, whoever else, Crusaders, or are we holding back, or you just don't know. Yeah, as I said earlier, um, I think it's kind of, you would sell to the top four again, top five, um. But realistically speaking, we need to, we need to be finishing that top two, three for for European money. Uh, and again, a, a cup run, you, you need to be lifting some sort of trophy for the financial side of things with the way the league's going. Um, so I can see us 
I can see us comfortably making top six with the the signings we've made, and with the lack of signings, all our teams um haven't made, um especially teams that finished in around the bottom six last year. I think the teams above us and around us um will get stronger over the next year or two. But it, I think the top six is is the aim once again this year in a cup run. Unfortunately, that seems to be the the status quo for Colorian fans over the past four or five years: top six in a cup run. But who knows? Uh, I think what I'm looking for the most is is just get back the <coughs> stand on the usual spot in the far first uh, side and uh, seeing a few mates I haven't seen since lockdown, a few mates I only really see at Chlorine games, and uh, getting back to heckling a, a few of the players. Uh, they know who they are. They don't need me to they name them out in this podcast, so they don't. But no, it'll just be good to get back to normal Saturday, a few beers, and that, and obviously uh, let, letting the, the result define what your Saturday night's going to end up, whether it's going to be straight back home or uh, and throw on a film or whether it's going to be have a few jars. But uh, a bit of normality and a bit of, a bit of atmosphere but, and, and three points obviously as well. But we'll just look forward to learning and, and go from there. Hi, I'm Greg Calvin and I am really looking forward to the start of the new season. I think the, start, the long delay between the European matches and the league campaign starting has really wet my appetite. I think we've done okay in the transfer window. Um, ben Dockery will be a big loss in my view, not just because of the goals he brought, but his all-round play. Although I'm really excited by Conor McKendry. He seems to be a, a wide creative player, which is something we've missed for a few years. Uh, also Rodney Brown and Cahar Freel, obviously they signed quite some time ago now, but Rodney Brown showed in the European matches um, what a good player he is and how he's a, he's a versatile player as well. Um, so he should bring a lot to this squad. Also, Cahar Freel, if we get him fit, I have no doubt he will score goals at this level. Um, being honest, we might struggle to replicate the success we've had over the last couple of years, and that's no slight on our team, our squad, our club. It's just the goalposts have moved massively with the implementation of full-time football at Larne and Glentorn, and also Linfield will always be there or thereabouts and hard to beat. So um, in my, I would bite your hand off right now for a fourth place finish and I would love another Irish Cup win given it's been four years now. Um, so most the thing I'm looking forward to most is just being able to get to games, particularly away games, which I've missed. So fingers crossed I'm successful in getting a ticket for Friday night. All right, man. Uh, Adam Buick here. Uh, Johnny had asked me just to send you my thoughts for the season ahead. So really excited to get the season uh, back and running again. It kind of feels like uh, we're sort of approaching a bit more normality now compared to what we've been used to in terms of Irish League football over the past sort of 12 to 18 months. Uh, but it looks like things uh, we're going to get fans back again, uh, which will be really, really good because we haven't really been done away again properly for a while. So definitely some positivity there. Uh, Thoughts on transfer business. Um, I'm actually quite happy with our transfer business. I think it's been pretty good. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of documentation about what the full-time clubs are doing in terms of spending those money and bringing in the best local players. Uh, I think with that in mind, given we're still part-time, we still lack in resource and uh, finance. We've done all right. We've signed Rodney Brown, who is a league winner. He's won a league title. Uh, he looked very, very solid in the European campaign. Uh, so I think he'll come straight into the side. And uh, I've absolutely uh, no issue with that there at all. Um, 
Connor McKendry, uh, spoke to a few people from Lauren about him. And again, bright young talent. Uh, I think he gave us a lot of trickery out wide, which which we've maybe missed in the last couple of years since Darren McCauley left. Uh, so hopefully he can bring his A game into that and get better uh, under Kearney's development. Um, from what I hear, he's a lot fitter now than what he maybe was when he first came back to Northern Ireland. Uh, so I'm sure he'll be eager to prove a point and prove a lot of doubters wrong. Um, and if he, if he can hit the ground running and keep his pre-season form going, then uh, it should be a really, really good signing. Um, ben, losing Ben Doherty, uh, yeah, he's he scored a lot of goals for us. He's very energetic in the middle of the park. Um, a lot of the goals were penalties, so if we can replace that, which we should be able to, then I'm sure we'll be, we'll be fine. Uh, it would probably be ideal to bring in another centre midfielder. We are a little bit light in there. Uh, Stevie Lowry's as energetic as he still is. He's getting on a little bit. Uh, I'm not thankful for saying that, um, but I'm sure he knows himself that the legs just aren't the way they used to be. But uh, with good backup in there with Jarvie, uh, Jarvie had a bit of hit and miss with injury. So um, hopefully he can come back and hit the ground running. Uh, Ronan Wilson, very versatile. Josh Carson, very versatile. I reckon Carson could play a lot in the middle of the park. Um, so why Stevie Lowry's definitely number one for midfield. You would want you'd want plenty of good players in and around him, uh, giving him a little bit less work to do because we can't become over reliant on it now that Ben Doherty's uh, gone. Uh, looking forward to most probably getting the away games again. You know you're spoiled for away games down the years. You ha- you don't have to travel too far. Uh, it's a good day out with your mates on the beer. You can come back if you've won, then it's usually a good night as well. Um, so it'll just be get get back to the away grounds again, get a bit of atmosphere going that we really, really missed the last uh, year or so. So really, really looking forward to that. All right, cheers. This season, I think, will be the toughest yet. We made a couple of very good signings with Brian McKendry, but as Nixon and Doherty gone, I feel like we could do with at least two more strong signings just for that safety blanket to compete with teams that have won full-time. However, saying that, we have quality players in our first team and quality academy players coming through who give 110% every match. Considering how the last season went, I'd like to see a top three finish and at least one cup final. I think I speak for all fans when I say getting back to matches both home and away with good friends and getting among the atmosphere is what I'm most looking forward to this season. Right. Well, I certainly I don't think anybody could disagree with uh, much much of what was said there. And our thanks go to Greg, Calvin, Adam Buick, Adrian Dreg, and Kirsty Marshall for for sharing their thoughts. But um, I think. One of the things, the main things that I take from what they said is that supporters are looking forward to the start of the league, but they're also wary, I suppose, is one word, of competing against the full-time clubs going forward. Um, Johnny, you spoke to them. What do you think? I mean, is there a danger that the Danska Premiership, that there, there could be a split in the league between full-time clubs and those that are part-time and have less, less big budgets, shall we say? Yeah, obviously from the outside looking in, if Linfield and Lauren and Bourne aren't in the top three this year, they, they may forget about it. Um, obviously just with the investment they have and the bigger playing squads and the facilities and, and the full time aspect as well. But we've been we've been hearing this for the last couple of years, even when Crusaders were more full time than us as well, that we have struggled to compete and yet we keep on continuing to, to punch above our weight. Um, you know, we finished second in that league the last few years, I think it's been a phenomenal effort for everybody. And I think 
obviously we're going to be biased, but I, in my opinion, be the best manager in Irish league. Um, he gets the best out of his players, and he gets every inch out of them as well, and they want to play for him. So, look, I, I know people are looking at it thinking, yes, McLaurin signed Shane McCarthy for 100 pounds, Arnie will be bringing in this guy, and Limpy bringing in the guys from home and stuff, and yes, but you can only play 11 players. And that's it. And and our and our eleven on the pitch are as good as, as any eleven in the, in the league. And but and again, it all comes down this year is a squad game as well. And that's probably where the other three teams um have the age where you know, for example, Larn if Mazzia doesn't play, if Ben Dolly if Ben Dolly doesn't play, the Lee Lynch, you know, and you can go on to Torn strikers, McCartan, McDade, McMenamin, Jay Donnelly, Roy Donnelly, Andrew Mitchell, how long have you got? So you, know, you can stop there. Yeah, they they got a few teams, so um, yeah, and even Glen Avon have signed well, I think, as well, and Clifford So, look, it's going to be the most competitive league I can ever remember. But, you know, I just, we, we're Corey and we're, as the trainer said in the video with us last week, we're, we're just seen as the wee underdogs and we seem to be all right. So, I'm confident that we can do the same again. Mm, and, Aaron, I suppose there are, there are some things that money can't buy and, and team spirit and togetherness is, is one of those or two of them if you actually want to be precise but and that is something that uh, Quinn have in abundance and it has stood them over the last number of years and I think from speaking to some of them in the camp they're looking forward to doing something similar again and upsetting the odds is that is that the feeling that you get Aaron? Yeah absolutely and you know, it's good to see that as well, a bit of camaraderie in the changing room and stuff. And I, I feel that John said there about the size of squads, maybe the likes of Glen Thorne, Linfield, Lauren. Not when you have so many, would you say, big egos or talented players, it's often hard to keep all of those happy, you know. And you can't tell me that some of the names John mentioned there, Jay Donnelly, Rory Donnelly, um, Robbie McDade, you know, all those big names at Glen Thorne, Lauren have equally the same amount of big players. So it, it is a different animal for managers at them club because they're having to rotate their squads to keep people happy, you know, and um, give the, the big names across the league game time. It's all right having them, but it's using them to your advantage. And I think that although we may not have the, what would you say, the household names as such, I think what we do have, um, you know, work hard all the time and sometimes that shines through even whenever we do play the likes of your Glen Torrance, Linfields and Lawrence, you know, we can always seem to manage to hang in there and maybe nick something and come away happy, which I don't think people like to see across the league. There seems to be um a bit of a what would you say, Corainers now seen as a bit of a threat now. When years have gone by they, they weren't so that's nice to see, you know. It's always nice to see the company clubs putting up the, the Belfast clubs and the clubs with the bigger money across the league. So long may it continue. Yeah, I mean, money doesn't guarantee success. I mean, you know, we, we all, we all, we're all in the game long enough to know that across the water in any league in the world. Yes, money is a is a, a useful tool to have, but it doesn't always guarantee you success. Um, and I think. As I said there, the guys, manager, backroom staff and players of Korean love nothing more than upsetting the odds and, and paddling it out. But those guys, and I think Oren is particularly relishing the challenge this year because the stakes have been upped a little bit with the likes of the Glens and the Larns and the Linfields splashing the cash. And, you know, publicly, Oren will probably say, you know, uh, it's, it's, you know, they're not in it. But I can, I can guarantee you, within the confines of the changing room, 
it'll be a different uh, it'll be a different message he's driving the home to the players um so it's um it's well i tell you what let's hear we'll, we'll actually hear the thoughts of our bandsiders boss Orrin kearney on this very subject of uh, competing against the so-called big boys the rough and tumble of it and everything else and you know no better game than a big you know they don't come much bigger than that i suppose learn away at this point in time so it, it, it will have that feel to it and it will have that big big start and that big bang start to it and, and hopefully we can respond to that it has to um, and it sh well it should have and that's probably the best way of looking at it um and not in a defeatist sort of way but it's our job quite simply to make sure that that we narrow that gap as much as possible um, and that's the key thing and you know we were able to do that last season and it was tough <laughs> but we've got to try and do it again this season as best we can um, you know, and by right, those three teams should finish top of the league. Three full-time teams, I suppose you could put Crusaders in there as well. The four full-time teams should all be ahead of the rest of us. But they weren't last year, and we were able to punch beyond that. And it doesn't, that? Gu what, doesn't how, guarantee how, we can do it this you year. To do that? Bloody hard work. Mm -hmm. That's all. And mm -hmm. and, and, and defending well and, and winning games of football. And that's what we've got to do this season again. Um, and ideally, we've got to break that norm, we've got to break that mould, and we've got to ensure that, that, that it doesn't finish statistically how it should. Right, boys, predictions time. We've talked about all the different teams in the league. We've talked about a little bit about Korean stuff. Jolly, prediction. We'll start with Korean. Where do you think Korean will finish this season? Okay, I think Korean will finish third and qualify for Europe. And I think we will win the League Cup again. I've got a strange feeling we're going to win the League Cup. Don't ask me why. Um, an Irish Cup, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I do think we'll finish there at the end of the year and, and uh, win the League Cup. No pressure. No pressure in the last. <laughs> so if Koreans finish in third, who have you got down as your one and two then? My one is going to be Linfield. I think that they will go and sign another striker. I know they signed a fellow Matt Green, but I do think they'll, they'll sign another one. And I will go for Dunthorne uh, 27. Uh, mm. I, I think Dunthorne's a weird one because they nearly have too many players, and I can just see a big. I don't know whether I could be totally naive. I can just see maybe a fallout there halfway down. I just don't know how they're going to. They've got about five keepers as well. So I don't know how they're going to. I don't know how he's going to manage the squad. And I think we'll finish above Mark at first. I just don't know why. But that's just my, my opinion. Yes, Aaron. What what's your views? Would you be similar to for to Jonathan? Yeah, I would be. Um, I still, as every year, in my opinion, the league is always Limfield's to lose. Um, you know, they're just that well-oiled machine. Been there, done it, won it for many, many years, and um, they're always the team to beat. I would I would tip Lauren to finish second this year. To be honest. Um, I just think they're in a good place at the moment. And I think that they can use their summer in Europe to drive them on a, a bit better this year. Um, it'll be a battle between our, us, um, Cliftonville, and um, Glen Torn for third spot, in my opinion. Um, looking at it, you would probably have to say, given um, the infrastructure that they have and, and the money they've spent, you know, on paper, you would have to say Glen Torn would be a, a tip for third, but, you know, we won't be hard to beat and we won't be giving up easily. We know how much the club relies on European money. It, it keeps us in touch. And I think, you know, now more than ever, we need it. And 
Um, as John said before, Cliftonville recruited well. I fancy them to be up there in the mix. I said the same last year, although it didn't really work out as I'd forecast it. But the dark horse in the top six for me is Glenavon as well. You know, um, never an easy place to go, Morphy, especially for Koreans. So there's a, a, a host of teams in there that could, you know, it's, it's oh. beggar's belief. It's never been as as tight as it is now, and like nobody's even mentioned Crusaders yet. So, like. I know. It'll be, it'll be an interesting few months ahead. It's actually very interesting, guys, the pair of you, that you both tipped Linfield to win the league. You know, it seems like for all the money that the Glentoran spend and Lauren spend and the players, these are both of the, the mind that whoever finishes above Linfield will win the league. And, I mean, that's testament, I suppose, just to, to Linfield as a club, isn't it? That they've lost a heck of a lot of players this summer, a lot of experienced campaigners, guys that have won multiple leagues and medals and stuff. And they're hard to replace, but yet you both think that Linfield have what it takes to, to go and win the league. Uh, Johnny, I mean, is that a surprise or is that just something that par for the course at Linfield traditionally are just the strong, strong team in the league? Yeah, it's just par for the course of Linfield. Um, I think, you know, if, if Linfield don't win a game, it's a crisis there. If they don't win two games in a row, the manager should be sacked. Uh, yeah, it's just part of the course, but that's the standards that they set. And you know, I think it's just the spine of the team. Chris is a good keeper on the side. You've got Jimmy Carter at the back, Jimmy Rodrigue, Tom O'Hall in the middle. You've got two winners at wide. You create more assists than I don't know, and Stuart and, and Miller. And then obviously up front is probably the only mm. concern I think they would have. Obviously, Shane Lavery and Andrew Waterworth going, I think they got there's a 55, 60 goals between them last year. That's a, that's a massive void they, they fill. And, I think Matt Green, you don't know what you're going to get from him. Manzinga done reasonably well in Europe. Um, I still do think they're, they're going to sign more strikers. Don't ask me why. I just, yeah, they probably will, won't they? The thing, I think one of the things that we've missed out there, as far as Linfield are concerned, they just went and plucked Dundalk's captain, Chris Shields. Shields, yeah. Chris Shields, so, yeah. you know, when you're going to the League of Ireland and taking some of the best players away, you know, I think... Yeah, like, like a midfield like of Shins and Mulgrew and Palmer, scary. Mm-hmm. They've tried him as well, obviously. He was a really, really good player for Balmain, and he's came back in there at right back. So, yeah, like, they have lost a lot of experience. Obviously, the three boys won the Grand Island, but it's Linfield, and Linfield usually means that, that, that they won trophies at the end of the season. I think, as you say, Linfield's business is probably not finished just yet. They've, they've money there, and, and, and I have no doubt that David Healy, being the manager that he is, has irons in the fire and wouldn't be surprised if, if there's other faces coming in before the, the window closes but um, Aaron we mentioned the top teams etc etc what about at the other end of the table you know the likes of Dungannon, Carrick Rangers, Warren Point they've all been busy in the summer you know recruiting and, and changing their squads etc etc I mean how do you see the bottom end of the table will it be the same teams again vying to, to stay in the league and Importantly, this year, relegation is back after a year where COVID disrupted everything. But relegation is back, and that changes things entirely, doesn't it, Arn? Absolutely. Teams now, they don't have that safety net anymore. So every week they're going out to score maximum points. Or, and there never has been a free hit in the Irish League, not in recent years. So um, now more than ever, the top teams have to be on their game to take points off the bottom teams, in my opinion. Um, Carrick. And Dungannon are the two standout teams in terms of recruitment. You know, there's been a lot of changes there. Um, Stuart King's come in at Carrick. 
sign good players, in my opinion, um, and players that could hopefully take them to the next level. I'm sure he's hoping anyway. And um, Dean Shields, obviously, at Dungannon, has signed a few. I think that I read somewhere something was it thirteen or some? It's a big number of players anyway. That it's a crazy, crazy yeah, number, isn't it? You know, so he's definitely putting a stamp on things. And Dungannon took some heavy defeats last year, and he won't be. He won't stand for that. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's represented Northern Ireland. He's played at Rangers. He, he has a good pedigree in football, and defeats won't be something that he'll want to make a habit of picking up. So. It's an interesting year, Porter Down. Well, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just a mad league. Um, Warren Point, maybe it's just me. I feel that they've maybe been a bit quiet on the transfer front. But again, Barry Gray's no slouch in terms of management. You know, he's some good players there at the club. So it's a hard one to call. Who, who could be relegated this year, do you mean? But yeah, I think uh, Johnny Arn probably. Hinted at it there. There's there's no easy games. It's a, it is a cliche, but cliches are cliches because they're true. And you know, going to Carrick Rangers now with Jim Mervyn and the team and and different other players, Duncan and they're going to be difficult places to get points from, aren't they? Yeah, you only have to look at our results last year. We drew it home to Portadown. We lost away to Dungannon, and we beat Warren Point three one three an all three game. Mm-hmm. Um, and more in point, I think we beat them. I won't be in three, uh, three times two one. So yeah, there's definitely no easy games in the league. And uh, we and Arne alluded to it really well there. I think Carrick, you know, they signed Ben Tolney and David Christie, two fantastic right. players going forward. And Jim Irvin at the back, he's a steady Eddie, isn't he? Um, obviously Dungannon, did a young squad, and Dean's came in and signed again three experienced players in the in the Spanish team and Crown from the Blends and James Knowles and, and Joe McCready from the Ballina. So yeah, look, I think it's so competitive. I, I couldn't tell you who's going to be relegated because put it down, they kept the bonus up front. And then obviously, more point, they seem to sign all these gems from just over the border. So, yeah, look, it's so competitive in both, both ends of the league, even in the middle, who's going to win the race for the top six. It's going to be so exciting. And, yep. you know, and people just need to go out and go and go and those games because it's going to be very exciting. Do you, know, do you know what I'm just thinking? Guys, one club we haven't mentioned yet. Palomino. Palomino. Where, where, where do they fit in? We have talked about the top teams, the six, the top, the bottoms. So where do Balmain fit in? Who cares? No! <laughs> uh, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to know, obviously. I think a lot has been made, obviously, about Shane McCartan and the fee being between the 100 and 125,000 pounds. And, and yes, that's lovely and we'll pay a lot of wages and stuff, but he had players in as well. And he seems to have signed a lot of young players with, with plenty of pedigree to, to prove uh, at Balmain this year. And, I think Parkhouse will prove to be a good signing. I think he's a type of player that probably needed to leave Derry for the benefit of his career. And it's going to be David Jeffrey's main man by the sign of things. So that might be a shrewd, a shrewd piece of business for him as well. It's hard to know with Balmina, but it's hard to know everything with it this year. It's going to be so competitive. And again, again, we never get it easy against the David Jeffrey side. I wouldn't expect that this year as well. Yeah, Arn, I mean, Balmina is a strange one too, as Johnny was saying. They lost Shane McCartan, but a lot of other players exited the showgrounds gates as well. I mean, has David Jeffrey got enough players there? Does he need to bring more in, or do you think he's okay with what he has? In truth, Damien, I think, is probably what Balmina needed. Um, was a, a bit of a clear out. They were sort of stuck in a rut going through the motions there, in my opinion, last year. So a few, a few signings will freshen things up. 
uh, at bombing and you know you, you always like to beat your rivals but at the end of the day you want competitive games against them too so um, hopefully the signings they brought in it'll, it'll lighten things up a bit of course the uh, the first Koreans first home game on their new 4G pitch in September will be the, the meeting of uh, Korean and Balamina. So special guest Balamina coming down to open the new pitch, which is very decent of them. That's, that's the kind of them. Um, so, I mean, one thing's for sure, guys, from what we've talked about, there's going to be plenty of drama over the next nine months or so. And we'll be here each week to dissect and to discuss all the major issues. And we'll have some big guests lined up over the, the, the season to come. So... We look forward to you guys joining us as and when you can. You just can download the podcast and, and listen at your leisure when it suits you. Um, so, I mean, finally, guys, just before we go this week, uh, we can't finish without paying tribute to uh, Korean club legend Victor Hunter, who sadly passed away earlier this month. Um, player, coach, manager, life vice, life vice president, and much, much more. Victor was really a part of the fabric of the club. And I think Reverend Robert McMullen, the club chaplain, summed it up best at um, the service of Thanksgiving for Victor when he said that no one in the history of the club could top Victor's CV with Korean. And I don't think I could uh, disagree with that. I mean, Johnny, Aaron, what are your memories of, of, of the man himself? Uh, Johnny, I'll come to you first. I mean, it was always uh, um, a presence around the showgrounds. And, He'll be badly missed. Yeah, he was obviously Mr. Korean, wasn't he? And I think the tributes that came in uh, following his passing just, you know, gave everyone an inkling as to what he was like. Um, I'd be friendly enough with a few lads who played for Korean, um, beat them up through his youth ranks, obviously, like Sir Boise and Johnny Watt and Kai McVay, and they only had a good thing to say about everyone, obviously. They only had a number of good things they, they say about Victor. And I know Victor was on the team bus in the last couple of years going up the away matches, and I know Warren spoke very highly of him as well. So. Yeah, look, he's Mr. Korean. There's no words I can say. Reverend Rory Mullen summed up perfectly. He was Mr. Korean. If he was to play, it would have probably been blue for Korean. So, look, hey, there's nothing I can say that you know nobody else hasn't. And obviously, a very, very sad passing, but I know it'll definitely be fondly remembered. Yeah, and Arn, I mean, Victor was there a long time, and I mean, I think your uncle would have been there. And hey, um, and Victor always, the thing I always remember about Victor, he always had a good joke or. Uh, a witticism or of some sort. He had a great sense of humour, Aaron, and I guess that's something that you'll remember him by. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Obviously, if you touched on, Victor played with my late grandfather, you know, um, and they were a team that had a lot of success at Corian, so um, it's, it's always sad to see one of the, the club legends passing on, and, um, you know, when you look around, you've like to Desi Dixon, Johnny McCurdy, and a few boys still knocking around. But um, it's always important to remember the good times that these these players had and what they done for the club. And Victor was one of them. I think one of the things that surprised me was just the sheer amount of people and young boys around my age that were not tributes who had maybe spent time at Korean Colts or Korean Reserve back in the day when Victor, you know, was coaching or. Um, even at Port Stewart, so he's had he's had a, an impact on a lot of players' careers around here that maybe didn't maybe go on to play for Korean, but are still kicking even now to this day. So condolences to the family, and um, he'll he'll never be forgotten, that's for sure. Mm, and I think you just touched on it. That's probably the greatest legacy of all. Just the the sheer numbers of of young fellas that he 
gave a start to in football and not only coach them in football skills, but also give them, I suppose, a help in life and, and just dealing with life and, and, and life's hardships and setting them on the right track. And I think a lot of them referenced that in their tributes to Victor on social media following his death. So as you say, condolences to the Hunter family and also a number of bandsider supporters have passed away since the end of last season and again we send the condolences to their families I mean Korean Football Club is is one big family as we all know um, and any death it, it affects us all it touches us all so yeah we, we pass on our sympathies so guys it just remains for me to say thank you to my panellists Johnny and Aaron for their contributions as ever thank you guys and also to Corey McShane for doing such a great job on the production side of things and um, we look forward to the season starting again. I can't believe it's come round again, boys. Um, we'll be off to Inver Park on Friday night. The sun is going to shine. It's going to be a perfect setting for what promises to be a great game of football. We hope for three points, get us up and running, uh, and move on to Cliftonville on Tuesday. So we'll be back again next week to dissect everything. Until then, come on the bandsiders. <laughs>